Joe Biden has never been president for some very good reasons. And where did you place in that class? One of them is still breathtaking years later. I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Really, Joe? Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. Joe Biden, unsuited then, unsuited now. Come on, man. You're listening to the WR Podcast. Let freedom ring. Simple talk on current events. With a little bit of how you would say a punk rock attitude. With your host, Will Ramos. Seven days. Did I say seven days? Seven days. Seven days. Did I say seven days? Yeah, seven days. Seven days for what, Joe? I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years and that I'm going to beat Joe Biden. On Tuesday, September 29th, the first debate will happen. And I'm surprised that Joe's team hasn't come up with an excuse yet. Come on, man. As I look back at Joe Biden's career, and he's definitely not the same. And it's getting worse. 47 years of only coming up with a 1994 crime bill that put a large chunk of the black community in prison and co-sign a Violence Against Women Act. Now, Biden did not go to Syracuse Law School on a full academic scholarship. It was a half scholarship based on financial need. Then, he didn't finish in the top half of his class. He was 76 out of 85. He did not win the award given to the outstanding political science student at his undergraduate college, the University of Delaware. He didn't graduate from Delaware with three degrees, but with one single BA in political science and history. Talk about four Pinocchios. Now, Biden's first run for the presidency more than three decades ago exploded in a controversy over plagiarism. Without credit, Biden's stump speech included lines lifted from a speech given by Neil Kinnock, then leader of the British Labour Party, an operative in a rival campaign that of then-Governor Michael Dukakis of Massachusetts, who eventually won the Democratic nomination, gave the media a tape comparing Biden's speech to Kinnock's speech. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I have a problem with that word. <laughs> but on a serious note... Looking back at Biden's career, um, a lot of people don't know or a lot of people do know or a lot of people have forgotten. Um, In 1988, after complaining about headaches and neck pains, he, he had brain aneurysms and he went under surgery. And they went in one side and then it went into the other side to stop a potential burst. 
in his own words, here he is explaining what he went through back then. And this is probably the cause or is most likely the reason and the cause that he speaks the way he does or thinks the way he does. You know, I had, uh, as we used to say in the Senate, excuse the point of personal privilege here. I, uh, I had two cranial aneurysms. And they literally had to take the top of my head off. I mean, they take a saw and they cut your head off and, and go in to find the artery that is one was leaking, the other that hadn't before it burst. There's this, those of you who are docs know there's a, every, every, procession, every profession has their sick jokes. The joke among, among docs is, how do you know someone's had an aneurysm, cranial aneurysm? On the autopsy table. Only 20% of the people have it even get to the table. Well, one of the fascinating things is that the second operation, after the first one, which was a bleed, and they gave me a relatively low chance of surviving, I remember going down to the dock, asking the dock, and, you know, you're counting the ceiling tiles, and you're heading into the operating room, and a lot of you have been there. And uh, I said, Doc, what, what are my chances? I had two great neurosurgeons. And I'll never forget, I will not mention his name, he's one of the leading neurosurgeons in the, in the, in the world. Um, he said, uh, Senator, for mortality or morbidity? And I'm thinking, <laughs> I swear to God. I'm thinking, oh, geez, you know, well, I said, let me put it this way. It was a long road to the operating room. I said, what are my chances of getting off this table and being completely normal? He said, well, your chances of living are a lot better. And I said, okay, what are they? He said, well, they're, they're, they're in the 35 to 50% range. And I thought, well, seriously, I was a born optimist. I said, well, hell, that means 35 out of 100, 50 out of 100 make it. I, was going, I might as well be the one. I said, well, what's the most likely thing that will happen if I, uh, if I live? But no. what? He said, well, the side of the brain that the first, arter the first aneurysm is on controls your ability to speak. <laughs> And I thought, why in the hell didn't they tell me this before the 88 campaign? Uh, it could have saved us all a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? That's one of the reasons why he speaks the way he does. Or he's thinking the way he does. So, moving on forward, how does this help his presidential campaign? It really doesn't. Because he's suffering, and as time goes by, it gets worse. Now I'm going down the second operation, four months later. Second one. And because it's on the other side of my head. And this is not about me, but it's about the truth. They put together the same crew. As you know, they always want the same anesthesiologist, the same team if they've done an operation on you. And so there's a great guy named Dr. Hart, military. Um, he had been transferred from Reed down to Texas, and uh, they brought him back, and he's the anesthesiologist, and I'm going down. Now, this operation had a 98% chance because it hadn't bled at all. They told me this was going to be. And so uh, trying to make me feel better, the doc, kidding the neurosurgeon, looked at me and said, looked down at me and said, Senator, do you know why neurosurgeons have the biggest egos in medicine? I said, no, I don't know. 
He said, who in the hell else would go into the brain with such confidence knowing as little as they know about it? <laughs> and I thought about that for a second <laughs> and decided to stop thinking about it. But all kidding aside, there's so much we don't know. So much we don't know. I think he should suspend his campaign because I think it's abuse. Because if you rewind the tape with the loss of his first wife, his daughter, and he also lost his son due to brain cancer, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot for the human mind to take. And especially with with those operations and with the pressures of the presidency, I don't think it's right that they push him. Regardless of the deep state, he's an empty suit, he's an empty shell, that he's he's not going to navigate. People behind him will navigate regardless of all that. He shouldn't be put through all this strenuous pressure. And so far, the debate is on the 29th, and they haven't canceled it. We'll see. But you can see in all the recent town halls, the speeches that he makes, everything is now on teleprompter. Even his questions are answered by teleprompter. He has to read it. Because he'll he'll sidetrack and he'll go in a, in a different direction, and you could tell the difference because not too long ago, here's a debate with Paul Ryan. This one got personal. Jack Kennedy lowered tax rates, increased growth. Ronald oh, Reagan. Oh, now you're Jack Kennedy. Barb after Barb. I know you're under a lot of duress to make up for lost ground. <laughs> But I think people will be better served if we don't keep interrupting each other. Well, let me don't just, take let me all the this. four minutes then. Biden was often dominant, maybe a little too dominant. Republicans claimed he interrupted Ryan 82 times, often breaking out in laughter, even when Ryan was talking about Iranian nukes. And all I have to point to. Biden was even all smiles when he accused Ryan of basically not telling the truth. This is a bunch of stuff. Look, here's the deal. What does that mean, a bunch of stuff? Well, it means it's simply inaccurate. It's Irish. It's Irish. It is. <laughs> we Irish call it malarkey. Thanks for the translation. Yeah, no. They disagreed on virtually everything, from Syria to Medicare. Now they got a new plan. Trust me, it's not going to cost you any more. Folks, follow your instincts on this one. They got caught with their hands in the cookie jar turning Medicare into a piggy bank for Obamacare. ABC's Martha Raddatz pressed both of them, challenging Biden to explain the White House's shifting stories on the attack that killed the U.S. ambassador to Libya. When people in the consulate first saw armed men attacking with guns, there were no protesters. Because Why that's did exactly that go on for weeks? what we were told by, by the who? intelligence community. It's indicative of a broader problem. And that is what we are watching on our TV screens is the unraveling of the Obama foreign policy. Score one for Ryan there. But when Ryan slammed the administration's $800 billion stimulus bill, Biden was ready with this. He sent me two letters saying, by the way, can you send me some stimulus money for companies here in the state of Wisconsin? We sent millions of dollars. You know why he said You did, he did ask it? for stimulus money, Sure he correct? did. By the way, On he, two he occasions, we, had, we, we advocated for constituents who are applying for grants. <laughs> That's what we do. 
We do that for all constituents who are. Oh, I love that. I love that. This is such a bad program. And he writes me a letter saying, writes the Department of Energy a letter saying, the reason we need this stimulus, it will create growth and jobs. He, his words. Unlike the president, Biden slammed Ryan over Romney's infamous comments about the 47% of Americans who don't pay income taxes. Ryan turned it back on Biden. I think the vice president very well knows that sometimes the words don't come out of your mouth the right way. <laughs> See the difference? And this was in 2012, not that long ago. So if that Biden was debating Trump today, there would be a little challenge, but not really. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because he wasn't that awesome back then, neither. So I'm just saying. But I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that his attack was on point. You know what I mean? He was all over the place. But now it seems like he's struggling. He's squinting. He's like squeezing. You know, it, it's frustrating to watch. And they shouldn't debate. You know, there's no one right now. <laughs> there shouldn't even be a debate. Just hand it over to POTUS and keep going four more years. Has Joe Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer Q&A with support? What will your administration do to help them give them that chance? Move it up here. You know... There used to be a basic part Joe Biden possibly, you know, reading his responses from a teleprompter. Social distancing and wearing masks, which I never do when I walk outside of this house. I never fail to do. Now, one day, on day one... Has Joe Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer Q&A? It's trying to distract the American people. Can you what? say yes or no, Brett? Yes or no? You can't answer the question. You know, the rapidly rising... Uh, talk to you tomorrow this is the wr podcast let freedom ring subscribe share do all that good stuff and stay tuned